Hey guys, this is Kurt with Parenting Today. Uh, today, in this episode, John and I are going to discuss uh, the meme factory that is uh, the Netflix movie Bird Box. Uh, we're going to discuss a few other things too. We might jump into a little bit about Kevin Hart and the Oscars controversy. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Alabama and Clemson. So apologies to all you uh, Roll Tiders and uh, congrats uh, to the Clemson Tigers on winning the national championship. Uh if you want, you can check out uh, the local youth worker this week. Uh, John is interviewing Matthew Eichard, and they're talking about his story um, and how it relates to the big story of the gospel. Anyway, we're going to jump in and talk about Bird Box, but before that, here's Joe Deegan. everyone. Welcome to Parenting Today. I am your co-host, John Parrott, and I'm joined uh, by... Me. That's Kurt. That's hey, Kurt how's Cooper. it going? Yeah. Uh, and it is really 2019 today, right, Kurt? Yes. We're we're all the way in 2019 now. Yes. <laughs> um, and maybe proof of that. Well, okay, we're going to be talking about Bird Box today, um, but... That that was released, yeah, in twenty eighteen. So that's not proof that this is actually twenty nineteen. So how how are we going to prove to people like this is actually twenty nineteen, Kurt? How are we going to prove it? Um, Clemson is your national champion in football, um, forty four to sixteen. So there's no way we would have known that in two thousand eighteen. Yeah, that's a good um, point. Although I I had a very strong suspicion that Clemson was going to win. A very strong suspicion. Really? Um, yes, I really like it. I like. I feel like. When, when, when one team puts you out or ends your season, and then you get to play them again, I really like the chances of the team that got put out, like the revenge team. Mm. All right, it didn't work out for Georgia this year, but I like Georgia too when they played Alabama. Like, you, you know, there's just an extra motivation, and when teams are really good, like anyway, I just was not really surprised that Clemson won. I was a little surprised that they just blew the doors off Alabama. Yeah, but I was shocked. I, no one is. No one is shedding a tear for them, so um, I haven't shed one single tear. And for if you Alabama Crimson Tide fan, or you, you know, congrats on all your success. Every time you lose, it's awesome. I love it. So, <laughs> well, let me let me maybe be a little more gracious and uh, say to our uh, Alabama fans out there, I'm sorry. Um, you know, all of our teams, whoever your loyalties lie with, everyone's lost, and it always hurts. And I'll be the shoulder you can cry on. Kurt will just uh, pour salt in your wounds. Um, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> and I man, I mean, you're you're at a church in Alabama, so I know, uh, I know. We'll see. I mean, I'm just, you know, I've I've I said to someone, um, you know, I don't cheer for Alabama when they play other or Auburn when they play other people because. Um, Stockholm syndrome hasn't set in yet, and I don't really cheer for my captors there. You know, so, but well, no, it was you know, let's, enough about college football. Well, yeah, that but, was. But we should, probably should was, put out a call to all those listening um, who are looking for youth workers because Kurt is obviously going to be looking for a job as soon as this airs and his <laughs> church lets him go. Um, so, yes, okay, all of that to say it is 2019, and um, Kurt and I were talking a little before the show we'll, we'll say this um i'm sure again but we have not really talked about bird box uh, together we're going to do that somewhat live um so you'll get to hear more of an honest uh, opinion as we discuss uh, the netflix show um but also we were saying okay should we should we start off 
our episodes a little differently uh, in 2019? Should we add a little different flair? And I mean, one thing we were saying is maybe bullet points, some kind of headlines or something like that. And we'll also continue to do cultural artifacts at the end of uh, part two of this episode. But one thing we were saying is, you know, we brought up Kyler Murray and Kevin Hart last week's episode and uh, with binge watching, and that was 2018. Well, uh, we, we saw that some of the headlines said uh, um, the Oscars will not have a host. And again, we were talking about Kevin Hart and how people went back 10 years ago to his Twitter accounts and saw some, you know, quote unquote, homophobic tweets. And um, anyway, he stepped down and now it, it looks like, according to some news outlets, this could change, but uh, the Oscars will move forward uh, without a host this year, which is fairly interesting. Uh, Kurt, I know you're an avid watcher of the Oscars and you love the Oscars. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I was about to say it's about the only thing that can make the Oscars interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, like, look. I'm an uncultured rube, so what do I know? But uh, the chances that I'll watch the Oscars went from 0.0% to 0.0% um, when they changed hosts. Well, so, uh, Kurt, I'm going to interrupt you there because we've already talked about having an Oscar show on Parenting Today. Oh, so, oh man, are we going to have to – am I, I going to have to watch the Oscars? Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. No. Look, all right, I need to be a little less sarcastic. I'm going to work on that in 2019. Yeah, all the Alabama uh, fans already hate you, and now the cinemaphiles who <laughs> love Oscar night uh, are just writing you off. But we're losing viewers by the second. I, I, listeners. I like listeners, movies, and viewers. I like uh, – yeah, no one's watching this, thank goodness. Uh, but I have uh, – I you know, I, I like movies. Uh, we're going to talk about a movie here, and, I, you know, I enjoy talking about movies. I don't particularly enjoy – listening to um, actors, you know, preach. I think the preacher should preach and the actor should act. Um, and the preacher shouldn't act and the actor shouldn't preach. You know, everyone just kind of stay in your lane a little bit. You know, that's kind of fair. And, you know, I just get it. That, that, that's tired to me. So, um, you know, uh, and the Oscars happens on Sunday night. We have Sunday night fellowship. So I have, I'm going to have to figure out what to do with that. I have, uh, we're usually doing, uh, church stuff but yeah it's a big deal i i, I kind of like what kevin hart said i like that he said that he's um that he i think i, I read where he said he's tweeted forty thousand times and like the minute that he was announced as the oscars host um they someone had collected all these really old tweets from 10 years ago and started um posting them and be you know and he said that it was an attack and i you know this is just one of the many reasons why you have to be really careful on social media um, is because pe people are, people are ready. Any success that you have, someone's ready to um, chip away at it. Anytime that you get any notoriety. Uh, and and there's, the scriptures are clear on this. Um, the scriptures never mentioned Twitter or the Oscars, um, but they do talk about how um, the heart is deceitful above all else. And they talk about uh, jealousy and bitterness um, and keeping a record of wrongs and how that's not the, lo the loving thing to do. And so we should not be surprised by this at all. But, yeah, um, we had mentioned it last episode and we should mention it now. Now they're not going to have a host. So mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Um, but And to, to reiterate something you said, Kurt, that I think is important. Um, obviously, uh, we as Christians 
do not want to mock people uh, who are, you know, struggling with same-sex attraction. That's a very sensitive, delicate issue that, I, you know, we're not even going to get into just making the statement. We shouldn't be mocking anyone um, on Twitter, and so we're not condoning, uh, you know, what Kevin Hart did. But, but obviously, 10 years ago, something he's apologized for, we as Christians, hopefully this helps us appreciate the, the reality of forgiveness um, that goodness, I mean, somebody could go back on any of our lives ten years ago and just turn, you know, highlight all sorts of wickedness. And so, uh, the truth of forgiveness uh, is is an amazing uh, reality for sure. And and it is interesting, as you said, the point that Kevin Hart made that this is an attack. Um, you know, he's probably one of the first ones. Uh, to, to be on Ellen DeGeneres' show, you know, Ellen DeGeneres, a spokesperson for the LGBTQ movement, um, allowing him to kind of say, look, I was bullied here um, because it seems like, you know, the, the label of bully has been placed on those inside the LGBTQ community and rightly so. I mean, you know, we know suicide statistics are high there and, and all of that, but for him to kind of step up as a straight man and say, I was bullied by the LGBTQ community, it could have been a, just a troll out there, as he said. It might have not been anyone just other than trying to stir up trouble. That's an interesting narrative that it seems like maybe the culture is willing to accept and hear now because, again, you have Kevin Hart saying this on Ellen DeGeneres' show and she even admitting, okay, yeah, he was somewhat bullied. Um, again, Kurt, we're not going to spend the whole episode talking about this, but any thoughts on that statement I just made? Well, just that I think it's a really poor idea to relitigate every single thing that's happened in human history through the eyes of 2019. Uh, culture changes. People change. What's acceptable has changed um, over time. And because someone, you know, has because someone said something or did something that's problematic in 2019, um, it might not have been problematic in, you know, 2009 or in 1909 and you know it's just you're you're holding people to a standard they have no chance to to meet they have zero there's literally no chance that someone can go a hundred years or even 10 years into the future and know like what this this moving target of what is culturally acceptable and what's not culturally acceptable and it just reminds me again of the scriptures that you know people uh will you know, everything moves and changes, but the word of God stays the same. It's why we root our morality and our ethics and everything in the Bible is because the Bible is, you know, constant. Um, and, you know, I do I do think that uh, it's, you know, that we have weaponized, um, the social media has weaponized uh, the, um, I guess, the cultural morality police. And, uh, you know, I don't approve of, you know, I don't think it's good to call anybody, I don't, just to be honest, I don't even know what Kevin Hart wrote. I can kind of assume and guess and yeah, get pretty close. But, you know, all that to say is I don't approve of anyone calling by names. I think name calling is a sign that you've lost the argument. But the uh, but at the same time, I just, you know, it just it, that's just disappointing. Uh, the whole thing, the whole idea that we're just going to like, there's a definitely a sinful motive behind ideas like, look at this person. We're going to get them. We're going to get them and show them. You know, we'll show them. We'll we'll make sure. You know, I don't. No one wins in that situation. Everybody loses. So it's just sad. Um, 
you know, again, I don't care about the Oscars and I don't care about the Oscars show and like, oh, no, the Oscars don't have a host. It's a tragedy. It's not a tragedy. There are real tragedies going on. But at the same time, like it is kind of it's just disheartening to know that people are out there. Um, it's not surprising, but it's disheartening to know that people are just out there ready to get other people um, for, you know, people that don't even know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, let's talk about we talked yeah. about binge watching. <laughs> We talked about binge watching. Let's can we talk about Bird Box, which is yes. I know that you saw it last night, yes. and I saw it two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and like I said, we're, we're going to be really. I mean, this is going to be a raw um, mm-hmm. <laughs> discussion because Kurt and I have we have no bullet points here. Well, we haven't discussed. I do. I have some, but well, I didn't share them. With but Tom. we haven't shared. Yeah, we haven't shared any. I have no idea if Kurt liked it. He has no idea if I liked it. Um, but we're going to discuss this. And Kurt, why don't you just begin giving us a synopsis and then Wait. we'll... Oop. All right. Well, yeah. Can I do a disclaimer too in there as well? Oh, as all please the synops- do. Yes, yeah. Yes. So first of all, I don't know how Netflix rates things, but this m- movie is pr- would probably be rated R if it was in the movie theater. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Um, so there are a couple of things that you need to know before. This is... We're not... This is anytime that we talk about movies or really anything, it's not a blanket um, approval and encouragement to see it. Everyone should use their own discernment. Uh, but this is a the reason that Bird Box, the reason that we would even talk about it is because, first of all, the memes, Bird Box, Bird Box memes are everywhere on the Internet. Um, pictures of Sandra Bullock and two children, all three blindfolded, like rowing a boat or running or doing whatever. They're all over the internet everywhere. And um, it's all because of this movie, the bird box, or actually it's just called bird box, um, which is, uh, which is on Netflix available for streaming. And the, the, there are some, there are, it's, there's violence in this movie. There is a very brief, but there is a, 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 um, a sex scene in this movie. And uh, there is uh, some pretty hard language in this movie too. So, what you would expect from a radar movie in all of those instances. I will say that um, I was working on something while I was watching this. So I didn't, I know the sex scene is pretty brief, but I, I did not, I missed it. Uh, just to be honest is I, like, I, I didn't catch it, but um, yeah. And, and I, I want to say that as well, that I watched this with my wife and we had read the content before. So I knew there was one in there. And then, you know, as we started to watch the movie, I completely forgot about it. And then I realized right when the scene was about to come and we were watching it on um, my laptop. And so I was able to fold it down real quick. So we did not see that as well. I just wanted to say that. And, and on top of Kurt, what you've already said of why, why are we even talking about this today on the podcast? Why are we watching it? Yeah you highlighted the memes, you know, I wanted to say that part of the reason is Netflix has said that over 45 million Netflix accounts watched Bird Box. Um, and, you know, I think there was so another, I'm, I'm looking at this on an article, almost 26 million U.S. viewers watched Bird Box on its first day, I believe so. Mm-hmm. I believe that's right. And uh, anyway, so that's obviously part of the reason we're going to talk about this, like why is this such a big deal? Why are so many people streaming it? All that good stuff. Yeah. So this is show was seen by, you know, like you said, 20 something million people on its first run through and then 40 something million people total. And Netflix doesn't usually tell us uh, those statistics. They keep their statistics um, behind closed doors, which is an interesting thing about their platform. But uh, this video, I mean, this movie is just, 
it's culturally relevant. Um, for whatever reason, the visuals of the blindfolded people or the idea of the apocalypse, these are all things that are really popular in modern entertainment. Um, uh, and so a quick rundown of the movie is that uh, the movie begins and you're introduced to uh, Sandra Bullock's character and you find out that she is pregnant and you find out that um, over in Eastern Europe, there is some kind of crazy situation happening where people are uh, hurting themselves. Uh, they're, they're committing suicide, uh, a rash of suicide, tens of thousands of people. Um, and uh, then on another day, you see uh, that she and um, her sister go uh, to an appointment for um, her pregnancy and uh, when basically uh, the happening or the occurrence starts to happen in their location. I think they're in Sacramento, California. Um, I think it's where it's set. And, uh, and they have to go on the run and a lot, and you basically follow Sandra Bullock as she tries to survive this apocalypse with a, gr a you know, a group of people who are randomly take shelter together in a house and, uh, you know, and they try to survive and, Eventually, she and her child um, and another child uh, have to take a trip, a dangerous trip on a river, uh, blindfolded the entire time. Uh, and uh, the, I, I guess the without too much of a spoiler, uh, you can't look at whatever it is. If you look at whatever it is at this, you know, happening or this occurrence or this alien or whatever it is, when you, if you look at it, then you end up hurting yourself and uh, and. Uh, end up killing yourself so or most people do so anyway that's kind of the general plot of what's going on how can you know classic uh, post-apocalyptic how can these people these good people survive um, this terrible situation is that fair or is that yeah no I think you did a, a good job on that and I'm glad you said you know spoiler free we will try to keep this as spoiler free as we can i mean if we'll, we'll warn if we're about to say something that's a little um, more specific but trying to speak you know in general terms about this but it is it is always interesting to ask the question you know why is this movie here you know in this example why is this resonating with our culture what story is it telling um that's that's resonating and, and again as we talk about creation fall redemption uh, that typically helps us kind of think through okay what what uh, let's begin with creational good um is is resonating uh with our culture and and so maybe kurt you know starting off there for you what what kind of creational good would you say uh you can appreciate about this story or um yeah might be resonating with our culture yeah, see, I, that's the difficult thing here, John, is that um, these stories about how the world is going to end um, or, or how, how humanity might be at risk, they all kind of begin in media res. So it's like they begin in in the fall, not really in the creational good, but the kind of the creational good is the is the climax of the story. It's when it's like, OK, well, the good guys, they, they managed to preserve society or preserve humanity. And that's where you see like, oh, well, there is something worth preserving. There is something good. Uh, you know, there are there are several elements in the story that um, are kind of heartwarming. It's a dark story. It's a scary story. It's an intense. It's a, I would call it a thriller um, or uh, I mean, I don't I don't know. You, you're more of an expert when it comes to, you know, how to label these movies. But I do think uh, her relationship 
the main character's relationship to uh, several different people uh, in the movie, whether it's uh, her love interest or her um, or people that she doesn't like or the children themselves. Uh, I find there's some uh, you could tell you could say from creation we were made to be with people and we're made to be in relationship and her relationships uh, in the movie. Uh, there's, I think, there's a lot to be garnered from them. Um, so, without again, I'm trying not to spoil too much, but I think you know the way that she relates to John Malkovich's character, um, mm-hmm. who I think is best to represent um, uh, a Trump voter. I think that's, I think that's, I mean, he even <laughs> not even, it's not even veiled. At one point, he says, "We're making the apocalypse great again." So, um, you know, I think he guns a gun. So he's obviously a Trump voter. So um, I say that with so much sarcasm. So. Uh, but, uh, um, but you know, her relationship to him, her relationship to, um, the guy, the love interest, um, who ends up being, um, her love interest, um, and her relationship to the children, uh, involved. I think that there's a lot to be drawn from those specifically from those, uh, kind of three main relationships that you Mm -hmm. see. Yeah, and and I think you're right, Kurt, to say, I mean, as far as creational good, this movie kind of, as you said, begins in the fall. I mean, we're, you know, seeing all this carnage kind of taking um, place. I think some of, you know, maybe the creational good, I mean, we can talk about is we know that there's an end to the story. You know, I mean, mm. as we're, I mean, I think that's why apocalypse movies are popular. I mean, we know like that this story that we call human life, it's coming to an end. And that's why there's this obsession. Okay, well, how's it going to end? And, you know, I was reading Second Peter recently. And I mean, that was really his point of that entire uh, epistle is, you know, telling people, I mean, he says, I'm, I'm reminding you that there's basically a day that is set for judgment. Uh, the Lord is coming back, and how are you going to be found when the Lord comes back? And so, um, you know, I guess that would be some of uh, how we're hardwired, I guess we could say, from creation, is knowing there's an end to the story. I think kind of even zooming out, um, not, I mean, definitely talking about Bird Box here, but always wanting to say anytime we're discussing a movie and uh, we're critiquing it, of just appreciating it. Um, I think as Christians, we need to, we can be very quick to just kind of bash movies and dismiss them. And I, and I said this, Kurt, I think it was on the local youth worker when you came on and we discussed uh, Avengers Infinity War that anytime we watch a movie, we're kind of watching a miracle that, you know, hundreds of people came together to create this thing and produce this thing. And without a doubt, there is a bunch of just garbage that comes to the local cinemas that does not have good acting, as does not have good story at all. It's just exploiting a lot of things that they know can can make money. Um, but uh, if if a movie has made it to the theaters for the most part, or made it to Netflix, I mean that's that isn't a major accomplishment that I think we as as Christians can appreciate. And so um, just that alone, but then also kind of the honing. Uh, the craft of cinema. I think one thing we can say, you know, as the years progress, uh, filmmakers are honing the craft uh, in various areas. And, and one of them is just the tension in Bird Box. Mm. Uh, it was a tense 
movie. As Kurt, you and I said that uh, we we don't care for the horror genre. I mean, I would agree with you, mm-hmm. Kurt. This is probably a horror slash thriller slash mystery. I'd say there's also the kind of that mystery component that, that draws people in uh, to this mm-hmm. as well. Of you know, what is this thing that's out there? Um, but but it is a very tense. Uh, movie. I mean, there there were times where Ashley and I we were both saying we we're just kind of ready for this to be over with because we're just really tense and we want to know. Okay, we want to know the end. We want to know the outcome and this you know particular story to be resolved. But filmmakers have made uh, have honed the craft of creating tension, whether that's through acting, whether that's through editing, whether that's through music. Um, I mean, violence. As you said, this is a very violent movie, and so just the yeah the the idea of of tension there um, is something. Well, I, I was I- gonna. I was going to ask you because you've watched a lot more movies than I have. And, you know, you know, I respect your opinion on movies. Uh, do you think that this movie was well done? Um, do you think it was a well done movie? And I know that, you, you know, it's real fresh in your mind. So um, you might need some more time or you might even need to see, you know, parts of it again in order to really decide that. But do you think this movie was well done as far as, you know, what it what it intended to do? Yeah, now that, that's a that's a good question, and I think oftentimes I'm I'm hesitant uh, to answer that when it's been. I mean, like I said, I watched this literally last night and went to bed, which isn't a good idea to watch this movie and then go straight to bed, um, and then and then you know woke up this morning, so I haven't had a whole lot of time to reflect, and I kind of feel like. Uh, what we need to be, uh, what we need to reflect a little bit more on film before we we judge it. But that said. Um, it was a pretty well-made film. Um, I'd say from acting, uh, it was pretty well acted. I will say, you know, the very opening scene, and this isn't giving any kind of spoilers away, it's it's a fairly close-up shot of Sandra Bullock's face, and she's uh, speaking very strongly to her children. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly did not think that was the best acting. I don't know, it's hard to see mm-hmm. past, well, this is Sandra Bullock, and... Uh, yeah, you know, I'm not saying she's not a good actress by any means. I mean, she's won an Oscar and she's had some good roles, but it just wasn't too convincing. But then mm-hmm. past that, I did kind of feel like, okay, I got into the story a little bit and, and you did have some strong performances um, by a lot of the, the actors. I mean, nothing again, Oscar worthy or anything like that, but I'd say, I, you know, judging the movie as a whole, it, it was fairly well done. And I would say it was okay. It wasn't great. It was, you know, pretty good. It was, uh, you know, and I know this is kind of uh, contradictory to what I said about the word entertainment. Um, I guess that was last week in the uh, binge-watching episode, but it was fairly entertaining, um, mm-hmm. tense movie. But, you know, don't think I'll watch it again. I don't think there's a whole lot of depth to it. I agree. I completely agree. I felt like it was good for what it was, but uh, but it wasn't um, – It's not. It didn't, it didn't change my perspective on life in any way. Um, and it's so funny is that sometimes the movies that get into the cultural zeitgeist are movies that really are powerful movies that kind of change the way that you think about things. And they're things in the culture that are interesting. And sometimes they're just things that are just, and I don't want to say fun because not every movie is fun. And I don't think this movie is supposed to be fun, um, fun in the way that like Avengers infinity war is fun. Um, mm-hmm. that's a movie that I would say that's like a typical fun movie. So, uh, but, uh, but I do think that it, you know, it cap the it captured the culture, or it has captured the culture um, over the first few weeks of 2019, and I think it did so 
for a lot of different reasons. And I think we can all put ourselves in, the, in like we I think part of the fun of this movie is, is that like, what what would I do? Like, you know, we like movies where a group of people are like faced with these obstacles and they have to come together and get creative. Um, the way in which they figure out how to get to a grocery store, you know, um, what the, what all that they do uh, to do that. You know, that's kind of like, oh, man, well, that's ingenious. That's, a, you know, that's, you know, and we can kind of put ourselves in that situation. And I think that's what resonates with the story is, you know, what would I do um, if I, you know, if I was in this this tough spot? You know, how would I act? What would I, you know, which character would I be like? So I thought that was I, I enjoyed that part of it. I think that's what is appealing about these kinds of movies. Um, but again, yeah, I, I don't know how to take Sandra Bullock, um, just to be honest. Like, I don't want to, like, really critique her performance. Obviously, she is a very accomplished actress. You know, like, she's done, you know, you know, I loved Speed. Like, so, oh, yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. and I, um, you know, Ole Miss uh, aside, I thought The Blind Side was a pretty good movie, too. So, you know. I've got, I've got to confess, I've never seen it. You've never seen The Blind Side? No. Okay. Sorry. Well, um, it's what's funny is that all of my youth are like, Oh, it's the girl from the blind side. Um, and I'm like, that's Sandra Bullock. She's, you know, Miss Congeniality. They're like, no, speed. No, you know. Um, so uh, anyway, but I, I do, I agree with you completely about the scene. I mean, I know why they chose that as the trailer, um, you know, the of her talking to her children about the boat, going on the boat. Um, but at the same time, uh, I just, I didn't understand I didn't totally buy the fact that she was um, that she calls her son and this other girl a uh, boy and girl. It doesn't give them names. Um, I, anyway, she seemed a little emotionally det- detached from the children. And I don't know if that was by design or what, but it didn't yeah, come it off was. to me. It didn't come off to me as realistic for any mother. And they try to set that up, I guess, at the beginning of the movie. Um we're going, we're probably getting to the weeds here talking about like character analysis, but no, I think it's good. Um, can we talk a second about what this movie means? Like what is, what, what is bird box about, uh, in the, in the eighties during the cold war, uh, there were a lot of movies about communism and about the dangers of communism and the dangers of Russia. And, uh, but they weren't, they never mentioned Russia and they never mentioned communism. There would be like, um, didn't they example. mention Russia? Hmm? Oh, I thought you meant in this show, Bird Box. No, not like, in this yeah, show. Gotcha, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about in the 80s. In the 80s, they made movies. I'm thinking about movies like in, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is, you know, a horror movie. It's kind of like Bird Box, actually. It's like, I think that would be a comparable movie. Um, and the idea, you know, in that movie is that there's something seeping in inside and you can't tell who is on the right side. And, you know, and it's kind of like a metaphor for uh, it's a metaphor for the Cold War. Um, and there were a lot of movies like that. And I wonder, you know, thinking about that, I think about like, well, what is this a metaphor? What What is Bird Box? And I, I have an idea. It's not my idea. I've read about it um, online. But I think it's a pretty good idea. And that's that um, uh, or I'm not the first person to have it uh, is that Bird Box is about so how social media is killing society. And 
the main hint, the reason that I thought about it, and then when I read this article, I was like, oh man, well, I missed a bunch of stuff that's even more powerful about it. But the main reason that I was that I thought about it was at the very beginning of the movie, she's painting a picture. Did you notice that? And did you notice how the, yes, all the people, it looks like the Last Supper, mm-hmm. all right? And I think that's on purpose, obviously. I mean, everything in the movie is on purpose. I realize that there's a lot of art. I'm sure the people who, if they ever listen to this, which they won't, but if they ever did listen to the, <laughs> these two idiots, you know, but like, but she's, she's painting that picture and it looks like the Last Supper, except everyone's on their phone, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of the people are lit by their screen. Like that, it looks like people are, and she's in the middle of it, by the way, it's like a self portrait of her in the middle of it. But, um, and then right before it, it really hits. Um, and, uh, like the very, before the car crash section, they're reaching, they're looking for phones. They're like, where's your phone? Find your phone, find your phone. And they're, and then once they get, once she and the you know motley crew get into the house they're all trying to use their phones and they're not working and anyway then i read this article um and i thought man this is is bird box a commentary on the fact that we spend our lives staring at these screens and all they're doing is depressing us and causing us to hurt ourselves and you know, is it, is it, I mean, that's a pretty rough metaphor. I mean, it's not like it's, maybe I'm a, you know, maybe that would be too on the nose for the, for the people who made it. And they would be like, no, no, that's just like the kindergarten way of interpreting this movie. But like, I, I don't know. And I don't know. Thoughts on that? Well, yeah, honestly, um, yeah. I mean, going back to the painting thing. You disagree, by the way. I'm not going to no, be. No, well, no, Curry, you've missed the point. <laughs> no, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, like I said, I haven't been able to uh, reflect on this too much, but I do remember, I mean, the painting for sure, that, that scene. And again, this is not a major spoiler. It happens fairly early in the movie. And I, I mean, she kind of, instead of being vague about it, she kind of tells us, you know, it's about how we're all longing for connection and we're not mm-hmm. connected, something along those lines. So it's just kind of mm-hmm. like a lot of filmmakers will try to make you ponder that. They just kind of tell you. <laughs> so yeah. I, think I mean, that's, that's why I was going to say that it's, that's one of the reasons why I don't think that it's a great movie is yes, I mean, yeah. because of that right there. It, you know, you know, show me, don't tell me yes. that, um, kind of yeah. principle. So, so, so there's yeah. that for sure. They just tell you. So it's very black yeah. and white. Boom. Here, here's the point. Yeah. But then I also think, I, I, even though I do agree with you and I think, and I was about to say, let's continue this on, um, part two, but, uh, I don't think they really develop it that well, which is another reason why it's not a great movie. I think they they want to try to develop it and want to mm-hmm. act like this movie is more than it is, but it's really mm-hmm. not. And I know that's oh, really? kind of a, a harsh a harsh mm-hmm. statement. I, I think, honestly, a, a lot of the reason this movie... So, yeah, it still feels funny calling it a movie, even though it's on Netflix and not in the theater. But we've got to get used to that. That's what's what's happening before yeah, we the theater start closing down. Well, I'm about to throw I'm about to throw something on you that I bet you didn't know, know that I knew. But there's a Netflix movie that's probably going to win Best Picture this year for Oscars. Um, the front runner is Roma. Um, yeah. yeah, there's been a lot yeah, of talk it's about a, that. It's only a Netflix movie. Well, some people think that it will, and some people think that it won't because the movie industry hates Netflix. But I don't know. So, but <laughs> it's a contender at least. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and so I think part of the reason why this movie has done so well is. 
Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of factors. I'm not just saying it's one factor, but the timing of it, uh, the fact mm. that they released it around a holiday season. Oh, everybody, yeah. Everybody's at home. Everybody's tired. College hey, kids we, we at watch. home. Yeah, it's like, what are we going to watch? High school, okay. out school. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, people watch it. And so, again, just because a lot of people are watching something doesn't mean it's good. I mean, Aquaman has been number one at the box office for two or three weeks in a row. And, you know, I, I actually did. Uh, Kurt's offended. He's a big uh, Momoa fan. Isn't it Jason Momoa? I, um, I haven't seen Aquaman and I don't know who you're talking I actually, about. <laughs> I actually did go see it. And again, yeah, we're keep getting off. I haven't really cared for a superhero movie for the past two years. They're good. They're fun, but nothing amazing, anything like that. Mm-hmm. And this would fall in that category, except very cheesy um, in some parts that, you know, they tried some humor and it just didn't work. And so anyway, that was a little bit of a tangent to say the timing, I think is why bird box has become such a big thing big deal. Mm. So Kurt, let's continue this discussion on how bird box could be a commentary on uh, just screens and how screens are dominating our lives and screens are fostering depression and all of that. So let's close it out for today. Um, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in again. Uh, this second episode of 2019. If you missed last week, we talked about binge watching. So be sure to go back and check that out, as well as the newest episode of The Local Youth Worker for season three of that aired on Monday. So go back and check that out. And then episodes of the student podcast Mondays, Wednesdays, and Friday. Y'all can check that out. Kurt, enjoy this conversation. Looking forward to it on Thursday. See you again, man.